But um, I mean, I'm a, I think I got the name right. Matt Sapala, is that right? Yeah, you nailed it, man. You nailed All right. it. Yep. Beautiful. Um, I kind of feel like the financial service industry and insurance are like kind of like crazy cousins to each other. Like we kind of know each other a little bit, you know, but we just, there's just, we always never get along maybe as, as well as we should. How do you feel about that? Well, yeah. I mean, we got the same big daddy, right? It's money. So yeah. <laughs> the money industry. So absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, So tell me, I mean, like catch me up a little bit. Like you work with the PHP agency, correct? Yep. So, so I have a role there in recruiting, training, coaching, you know, um, agency building. That's, you know, it's my, uh, it's my, my day to day. And I, I just, I just utilize social media to kind of show what we're doing on a day to day basis. Um, my wife does all the selling, um, teaches all the financial sales, insurance sales. I mean, I I did that for 12 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just, uh, I went from a one-on-one type situation as a, as a producer to a one-to-many now as an agency builder. Yeah. That one-to-one to one-to-many is, is a concept that I think a lot of just, you know, traditional commercial PNC insurance guys are, um, just starting to maybe kind of get, like, well, I mean, the, the successful ones have known that for a while, but you know, there's, there's, it's starting to kind of spread throughout the industry, but like, let me real quick. I mean, when you were, when you were one to one the thing, mm-hmm. um, you were a life insurance guy. Yeah, I was, uh, I was licensed in 99. So I, I was coming out the Marine Corps. So I got life and health license in California and then series six, 63, 26. And then I, I, uh, never renewed my, my securities license. Oh, two, oh, one, oh, two, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the markets are crashing and all my mutual funds and variable products, everybody's freaking out at the office because of the, uh, yeah. the in 9-11. And then that's why, I, that's why I discovered IULs, Index Universal Life Insurance, where you can get a, you know, the upside of the market up to a cap, let's say, for example, 10 12%, but you're risking nothing. So, so the downside is zero. <clears throat> or, the, or the first generation IULs, I mean, I think the first ones were like 3% minimum, 11% cap. So you can never get less than 3% of your money, but you can get as high as 11, 12%. You know, because of the bond market, you know, these days the products, you know, say zero. So you can, you can never get less than zero or let's say half a percent. And you can get as high as 12. So it's not, it's not a bad mix for somebody that just wants to go, uh, go up to bat, you know, once a year and make sure that they're advancing forward. Yeah. And, and obviously a lot of the, a lot of the people that we kind of run in circles with are, again, life insurance is this thing that they've heard of. And, you know, they, somebody told them once or twice that they should try selling it more. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, you know, right there, you probably just said like eight things that they didn't understand. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, the thing that, I, so let me ask you this. And th- so what I pick up on you is you feel like to me, a very no nonsense guy who is has more patience than he probably should. Um, and um, what's one thing? I, I'm curious to know the answer to this. So like, like, what's one thing you constantly hear over and over again as you're recruiting people? As you're, you're you know, you're just in the mix of things. Like that's just repeated to you over and over again. That's probably the easiest thing to change or overcome. Uh, they just don't think they can do it. You know, they look, they look at me. They look at my wife. They look at some of our polished agents and. And it's like, well, you guys are so good. You're, you guys are so good at sales. You guys are so good at this and blah, blah, blah. So a lot of self-doubt comes into mind because they've never been exposed to this world. They've never been exposed to this conversation. 
So the conversation about money already by, by default is intimidating, let alone having to sell financial services that actually helps people. That's even double intimidating. So, so I, you know, I always break it down to my store. I said, you know, listen, I, I was a, I was a 24, 25 year old United States Marine that was dealing with PTSD that didn't like crowds, that didn't like hanging around people that uh, you told me, no, I wanted to choke you. Right. <laughs> Those type of things. Um, but, but I, I think m- most people will learn sales will will learn this industry by two two reasons, either either like my situation, single father, custody of my kids. I had to get out the military because uh, uh, the Marines could deploy me at any point, and I don't want my kids left behind to people I don't know. So I got involved in the industry purely because of desperation. Right. So it, it's either a you got to pay the bills, you're just sick and tired of. Your situation, you you have to do something, and so you're gonna be you're gonna be inspired to do something because you're desperate. Or B, you're gonna be inspired to do something because you're inspired. You like the bigger life. You like you like the cars. You like the zip code. You like uh, making sure that uh, you wear the nicest clothes and and you're traveling all over the world. That this industry can definitely do. Uh, you know, with these top producer trips. So you know, I find that the people that I'm recruiting are the ones usually operating more. I would say. Uh, 80% desperation. Like, dude, if you're going to follow this track for another 5, 10, 15, 20 years, we're going to end up same old, same old. And the other 20% are people who are inspired. You know, they're, they're set, they're good, but man, they want to just take their life to the next level. So what you're saying is it sounds like if you want to be successful, just kind of go find a little more desperation, just maybe stack the deck against you if you're feeling a little too comfortable, <laughs> just just make things a little more dicey. Is that what I'm hearing? Because that's a, that's a big percentage. I've, I've heard a lot of old, uh, old-timer sales managers tell their new agents to go in debt, buy a new car, buy a new house, so it forces them. Yeah. <clears throat> Back against the wall type stuff? Yeah. I wouldn't, I'm not sure if I would recommend that, but... well. I mean, I, I mean, I'm all for some kind of radical advice. I mean, feel free, Matt. I'm not going to stop you here. So yeah, I mean, if, you want, if you want to tell somebody, hey, uh, you know, there's a loan shark. There's a guy named Vinny down the street. Go see what he's got for you and let's just make this thing happen, right? My cousin, right? Yeah. 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 Um, well, so let me also, I have been, I've been casually stalking you on, you know, online on YouTube and um, I could, I can get the impression where somebody might just on the visual representation think, yeah, yeah, this, this is uh, intimidating, right? Like I can't do this. Right. Um, I'm sure it didn't look like that for a while. Um, when, when does it start to look like something that they might recognize? When our newest people start making money and we, we, we start showing that, I mean, we, we've got a video we're chopping up. I've got a room full of 12 people, uh, varying from a retired school bus driver to, uh, a, a former hip hop, entertainer doing bar mitzvahs to somebody working at, uh, the, at the local you know bank being a teller and they're making significant money and to them their definition of significant money money is making more than what their job was paying them and they're doing it themselves and they're finding pride and inspiration saying you know what I don't have to have a boss tell me I'm worth five thousand a month or ten thousand a month or fifteen thousand a month I can go make it because this is a world of free enterprise this is a world of capitalism. And if I'm going to apply my time that I normally spent binge watching freaking Netflix, mm-hmm. and now learning a new craft, and I'm making double, triple, quadruple what I was making full-time on a part-time basis because I'm learning the insurance industry, which is a wealthy industry, man, I can, I can do this. So I think that's what 
increase the believability factor. And so how do you think, again, I think, I think there is a different attitude and vibe on the, especially once you cross over from the life insurance into the financial services aspect. Like once you get into the financial side of things, that's, I think like an entirely different like person. You're like, you had like the baseball guys in school and the football guys, like there's just different personalities, right? They're just different bunches of people. I feel like, I feel like the industry in general, we've kind of got this bad reputation of mediocrity, um, kind of just sitting in the middle. Um, do you see that? Do you see it that way? I guess first, is that something that, I mean, you, you probably said from a different perspective, but do you see it that way? Yeah. I mean, I, this industry, because it's not sexy and, and, and doesn't have its own uh, channel like HGTV or Fox business or your money, your, your business type of shows. I mean, could you imagine a show about life insurance? Commission show about PNC insurance. Welcome to the insurance hour. Well, you know, you know, Matt. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you real quick. They made the best show for life insurance ever. I'm gonna give you a chance to try and guess and figure out what that one is. Huh? Like recently? Yeah, it's like critically acclaimed. It's awesome. I'm sure you've probably. Well, I don't know. You just you just bash Netflix. I don't know. You maybe not have watched it. It's not a Netflix show, but. Huh. That sells insurance insurance. I'm, I'm no, no. That, well, it doesn't sell. It's it's the it's like it's the complete. The entire motivation for the show would be solved if the dude just bought a life insurance. Oh, yeah, policy. Breaking Bad. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I know. That, that's, that's a whole thing. I, when he was selling drugs because he was about to die of cancer, I'm like, Bro. yeah. And then, uh, and then nowadays, it, you know, life insurance. Yeah. Die to use uh, life insurance anymore. They have these living benefits now, where if you get diagnosed and you're right. you can get your money from your policy right away. Yep. So you're right. I mean, it's anti it's anticlimactic and it just, it ruins the whole, you know, writers. I mean, but like just the insurance agent in me yeah. watched the show, just kind of upset for the first like five episodes. I was like, listen, you got to get over this. Cause it's like a decent show. So, yeah. but whatever. Show, show's over. No more Heisenberg. <laughs> right. I know. Right. So, but yeah, so, no, so, all right. So, um, are we starting our own channel to make it sexy? Is that what I'm hearing? Or do you have a better suggestion? I think, I think if, if like what you guys are doing with your vlogs, um, and, and what we're doing with our vlogs, just getting people to peek into what, and if, if HGTV ain't picking us up, if Fox Business ain't picking us up, <laughs> money picking us up, we're going to be yeah. our own, you know, we're going to be our own channel. And I think that's the power today of social media that we can give people a peek into our world and say, you know what, it's, it's not as boring and dreary and, and, and um, anticlimactic and, and uh, weird as I thought it'd be. Yeah. I mean, so first off, I have to say, um, I, I kind of thought like we had the best vlog game in town and I'm going to be honest, I don't know that I can say that. So just, I'm just, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm just going to be a little resentful, maybe spiteful just for the next 10 or 15 minutes uh, that we're here, but, um, I'll do my best to be a professional. Um, well, you guys, do but, it, man. I, I watch, I watch, uh, your guys' stuff, man. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, it was, I was laughing at the last one where, or uh, Ryan was interviewing somebody. Next thing you know, construction was going on. <laughs> yep, yep. He just yep. In, the, in the middle of the interview. <laughs> yeah, can't make that stuff up. Um, so, I mean, so, all right. So, what you think, I, and this is something I think that you're passionate about, just obviously you recruit in general, but, um, you know, getting people mixed up in the industry. And I, now, believe me, I don't know if, I'm pretty sure this is a done deal. I don't know if we're supposed to say anything about this, but I think you are going to be at Elevate, our conference. Are you coming? I, 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 I confirmed. I, I'm good on my end. So, okay. All right. So then I think we're good. Yeah. So, so I think you're going to be doing a whole breakout session on recruiting. Is that correct? Recruiting the next generation of insurance agents. Yeah. That's my topic. Yes, sir. Yes. Very nice. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, that's kind of what you and Ryan, you had Ryan on your podcast. Um, what's the name of the podcast? It was the movement. 
It was the movement. The, mo- the movement. The movement. Yeah. Okay. And you guys talked about recruiting there. Um, so, and, you know, obviously this is something we hear quite often from, you know, agents, I can't find the right talent. I can't find the right thing. And I've had smarter people than me tell me it's like, you know, it's not necessarily the people, it's the process. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, because, you know, I've, I've been in the traditional insurance FMO world and there is, you know, in my opinion, and you guys will listen to this stuff, there's 100% no loyalty in the traditional FMO world. I remember I was with two, and on my end, I've always valued loyalty. I always valued relationships. I never wanted to treat my FMO like a commodity, like I didn't value the the marketers and, and the people reaching out. And, and to me, I was I always valued that versus what they can give me in terms of, if I contract with you, I get 50 free leads. If I contract with you, I get the free PowerPoint. If I value, if I contract with you, you give me coaching or mentorship with a top producer FMO, I, you know, and, and I wanted to have an FMO when I was, when I was an independent producer, I wanted one or two FMOs at most. I see guys now with five or six or seven, 10 FMOs and, and yet they don't do anything because there's no investment of relationship on their end to learn. And there's no investment of relationship on the FMOs and to learn, although they put on these fan, fancy, great conferences to invest in bringing agents together. But even when you're sitting in a, in a, in a, in a conference, you got guys, it's like you're hurting cats. <laughs> and, and so yeah. guys in the back of their mind are thinking something. So it's just getting back to what they're looking for, you know, um, uh, and, and finding out why they're doing the business and what really jacks them up about being part of a great profession um, is what I'm talking to always. And then that's, and that's where we created, you know, a PHP agency where we create culture, we create sexiness. You know, I mean, our top guys right now, they can get a trip to Cuba. Our top guys going to our convention, you know, they can, our top performer across the country, they fly in with their team in a private jet. And at the, at the tarmac at McCarran Airport, they got three Lamborghinis and two Ferraris waiting for them to take into their convention. Mm-hmm. Now, that's some sexy yeah. stuff, right? And that's how we're, we're investing into the next generation. I'm not sure if an older age would be fired up about that, but we, we know exactly who we're talking to. That's why I put on things just like that to attract that type of person. And you guys, you guys do a conference, or you guys have uh, events as well. We do. We do uh, one national one a year, uh, usually in Vegas, and then we do uh, one where we break up East Coast West Coast. In the last uh, three years, we've had ours in New Orleans, um, and this year I think uh, the next coming, I'm not sure exactly uh, what we got going on because our New Orleans contract is, is is expired. But yeah, we're very excited about having Kevin Hart at our uh, at our convention as a guest speaker and talk really talking about his story of what it's like to be in comedy for I, a few years. I was getting ready to name drop Grant Cardone and then you just tossed Kevin Hart out there. So, yeah. okay, whatever, <laughs> you know, but I mean, sure. You just want to up it a little bit more. Why not? You know, well, sure, go for it. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's got, a, he's, I've heard some of his stories and he's got, he's got a pretty good story. And I, you know, anybody that uh, can achieve a certain level of success, especially on his level. I mean, uh, so let me ask you this question. I find it, very helpful to again pay attention to like regardless of industry right it's like there's always going to be something with somebody that is ultra successful as to the things that kind of keep them you know going and and doing the things that they're doing do you also kind of do that and maybe who would be somebody that you've kind of always looked at as like yeah i don't care that you know they might be a a, again a stand-up comedian but they're really they're successful yeah I, I look at, yeah, because all, all of them have traits, right? All of them have yeah. have principles that 
transcend across no matter what company or, or what industry you're in. So, you know, speaking of principles, we're reading a book this, this month uh, called Principles by Ray Dalio. And uh, Ray Dalio is the CEO of, of, of mm-hmm. Bridgewater. And he's kind of like the Steve Jobs of, of the investing world. So, and he broke up his book between, you know, where he came from, middle-class kid from Long Island, to having principles in your life and principles in your work. So I, I look up to him a lot. Um, a person I look up to in, outside of uh, what we're doing is Elon Musk. Yep. Huge, huge thinker, big thinker. I yeah. look at like uh, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, just to see him chase his dream and follow no matter what, uh, you know, he, he had Harvard and a lot of privilege going his way, but he decided to follow his dream and went against all odds. And, and think about it though, um, he wasn't the sales guy. He wasn't a pitch man. It wasn't until he hooked up with Sean Parker, who previously created Napster, yeah, got him his big launch, got his big, big seed capital because he was just thinking that this is just a million dollar opportunity. <laughs> Sean Parker says, no, this is a billion dollar opportunity. Yeah. We're going on campuses, I'm talking about the world. So I think we all need somebody to help us think bigger than what we're thinking already um, in our lives. And I think that's, that's what I get from that story. Um, believe it or not, man, I, I even, you know, I'm not going to get a, a lot of love for this, but uh, I, I love Trump. I think Trump's story uh, about uh, his grand, if you want to look, study Trump, you study his, his grandparents, um, where, his, where they came from, from overseas and what his grandfather was like and what his father was like and what Trump went through when his uh, older brother uh, passed away and what molded Trump to what he is today. And <clears throat> of course, I don't agree with some of his tweets. I don't agree with some of his politics. Yeah, I think overall, I, I appreciate and uh, am inspired by his story that uh, nobody thought, everybody's laughing at him, that he's going to be a president. And remember, everybody's like, please, I dare you to go for president. I dare you. And everybody's <laughs> daring him. And yeah. he did it. Yeah. And, 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 and to, you know, watching what's going on with him makes me believe that you shouldn't always believe what you see and hear, uh, right? You should always research a topic so therefore you can create your own opinion. Um, because you know, you look at Trump in some different lights, man. He's a freaking rock star, and then, then, and sometimes I think about what the heck you tweet about, man. <laughs> you know? It does seem like there's a little imbalance there, but um, the one thing we can, you know, the one thing that you can appreciate is just somebody who gets something done, right? And um, I'm kind of curious, what was the what was the thing early on in your career, or somewhere, I guess, really any point in time that it was when you figured out, I, if I got this thing done, good things happen for me. If I got things done, is is my our current CEO of PHP agency, Patrick Ben David? You know, he's yeah. got he's got this great crazy thing. He says, Matt, if if you're hanging around with the right people long enough, if you oh, yeah. are reading the right books and you're constantly yeah. growing, you know, eventually you will start thinking for yourself. And and we want to create you know a, a community of independent thinkers that have their own opinion. That although we may differ, we still value each other for our differences, but we also appreciate each other more for our similarities. That's so like I want you to dive in a little bit deeper on that for me because I you know Ryan and I talk about this all the time, right? It's like you know you're just you're not going to get anywhere if you if you keep allowing yourself to be around the same people that have kept you where you're at for however long. Um, what was like, what was the first like intentional, like, was there an intentional step that you took to, to make that change? Um, 
uh, just, just you got you got to break. No matter what you're doing right now, you've, I've always been intentional about interrupting the pattern. So I remember <clears throat> going to my first sales uh, first sales meeting in California, just coming out the Marine Corps, just getting started, and I qualified for a couple special specialized trainings. And I got to my car that morning, and my car wouldn't start. Battery's dead. Right here, I'm this broke Marine. It's like I got this dream, and my car's not starting. Now the Marine in me would have been kicking my car like, man, man, this my life sucks. You know, I might as well just stick being a Marine. That's all I know. But instead, I broke the pattern. I said, you know what? What 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 would a hero do? Um, I I'd call so I call up Enterprise. Enterprise picks me up, and I rented a car for seventy bucks. Went to L.A. Uh, for the day, and then came back to Orange County. Didn't tell anybody about it because I don't want to pat on the back for that. Yeah, and and I realized coming back on that, I, my self worth skyrocketed because I, I that was a one <clears throat> we're outside the marine corps i did this by myself because in marine corps you always got somebody yelling at you you know summed up your you know what yeah. but in in business if you don't make that decision you know you're your own sometimes you're your own worst, worst enemy so just as something as simple as that joey that's when i said you know what? i'm ready to take my life to the next level and i just find ways always to interrupt the pattern um when, when i get uh, rejected. I didn't, I, you know, I started not taking things personally. I'm like, you say, no, think about it. I'm fucking choke you out. Ah! Right. Yeah. But, um, but now is, is, a is, a you know, wanting to be more of a, a business person, wanting to go out there and grow and get financially rewarded for it. The way I look at it, my business, it's a great personal development program with an awesome compensation package. So the more I grow individually, and grow uh, and socially, and more self-aware, and more socially aware. The more I get paid. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit, like that self-awareness is what allows that to happen. I think, and it's frustrating when you see somebody like tell you a reason that something didn't happen. Like you said, they didn't get it done. It's like, dude, like there's like you know, it's like, come on, you know, it's like you just not even really being heavily invested in this situation saw at least two or three ways to make it happen. And right. Do we just have to be, so being in our self-awareness and we just kind of want everyone to kind of look at things the way that we do is we just kind of have to recognize that who those people are. I mean, as a recruiter, I'm assuming you probably just say like, oh, listen, this is just not going to happen or hey, this is it right here. Do you, do you, is that something that we have to do? Create that own self-awareness for what people are maybe wanting out of their own life? Yeah, because it's it, when I'm recruiting, I'm recruiting not because it's all about me or all about PHP agency. I'm recruiting, I'm looking at this person in, in, you know, in my office or at a workshop or in a boardroom, um, and I'm looking at person, the people out there, and I know deep down inside they're financially desperate. I mean, what's the stats now? 90% of all people in America are living paycheck to paycheck. Um, one out of 10 people making 100 grand a year at the job are living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, USA Today says that if for you to live the American dream, you got a husband, you got a wife, you got kids, you're paying your taxes, you're saving for your 401k, saving for your kids' college education when you go on vacations. You got to be making at least a buck 30 a year. Yeah. And so not a lot of people are making that, man. And so, and even people with master's degrees, <laughs> PhDs, and been at the job for 10, 15, 20 years aren't making that. And so when I'm recruiting people to this industry, I'm like, man, what other track do you want to be on that's eventually going to get you to the financial threshold to help you live the life that you really want to live? Are you waiting for somebody else to do that? Or do you want to do that? If it's not me, then you got to find something in your life that's going to inspire you to do that. If it's, you know, whatever 
parallel track you have as an entrepreneur that necessarily have to be insurance. So I think overall, I'm inspiring people to that awareness. And number two, I said, hello, if you don't know uh, anybody that can help you, we can help you. We have a system. We have a platform. You know, and then on, on top of that, we have people on the job training, helping you out in the field. You know, so that, that's my compelling offer versus, okay, you don't want to do this? Fine. Sell me at your job. I'm open. World-class people are open-minded. Average and ordinary people are closed-minded. I'm open-minded. Sell me at your job. Can you give me a, a job there with uh, $150,000 a year? Sell me. If not, then what the heck are you there for? If you can't recruit me to have a job like you, then why are you doing it? <laughs> I don't think I can do it any better. I'm going to leave it right there. Is there anything that you think people need to know or do as it comes to you or PHP? Well, I, I think I think just overall, I mean, our mission statement is to save America through free enterprise. And I just think that regardless if it's through us, we'd love it to be with us, sure. But if not, we'd love to know that there's a community of people we're creating out there, a country of people that we're, we're leading to say, you know what? I'm better than what my current situation is financially, spiritually, emotionally, relationship-wise. I'm better than this. And for people listening to this uh, podcast, I just want you to know if you're deep down inside, you're in a, in a financially tight situation, you just got through a, an argument with your spouse, a, a disagreement with your parents, a disagreement with the people that you love and care about, friends, family, coworkers, whatever the case may be, and things aren't going right. Listen, I, one thing I love about free enterprise and entrepreneurship it's, it's, a, it's a very forgiving world if you're willing to improve. If you're unwilling to improve and you let ego and pride keep you from listening, keep you from improving, keep you from being humble, then yes, you are going to be living life very frustrated. And, and what PHP AC is doing, we're attracting a lot of people. I mean, Oscar De La Hoya is an investor in a firm. He dropped us $10 million in, in, in August to grow the infrastructure of our company. Uh, we got people like you know Kevin Hart coming out to our convention. And if you're looking out there, for an opportunity to go in business for yourself. It's in, a, in, in the, the financial investment on your end is getting licensed. I mean, we're not selling you a coaching package. We're not selling you a consulting yeah. package. That's not how we work. We want to show you this works by us helping you make money and change by changing other people's lives. I mean, what other noble career and profession could you find yourself in that in order for you to make money, you need to help other people first. Man, I love that. I love that process. Because if you're, if you're here to serve people and you're here to impact people by educating them about finances, by educating yourself about, about money, you can, you can turn your life around. I've been, I've been doing this now for 19 years. The last time I took a paycheck was 2001. The last time I find myself in less than six figures was 2003. I made my first million before I was 35 years old. Uh, my wife and I were making seven figures a year in this thing. And, and it's awesome to have a life where the last thing you're arguing about is not having enough money. 